Welcome to the Key Hire Small Business Podcast, your go-to resource for tackling challenges and empowering small business owners to scale successfully. Our mission is to help unlock your business's full potential. My name's Corey Harlock, and I'll be your host. Welcome to episode three, season two of the Key Hire Small Business Podcast. Now, a lot of the business owners I work with are always running at the red line. Uh, people are always trying to get a piece of them. They never seem to have enough time for business, never have enough time for a family. They never have enough time to develop their people, to develop their business. And what if I told you there was a way you could do less and get better results? We're going to talk about that today. But before we do that, I got to address this thing here. I got a procedure done. Uh, on my nose yesterday. So if you all don't mind, I'm just, I'm going to sit this way. It's already a, a big enough distraction. So uh, I'll sit this way so you don't see it. Our guest today, uh, Jeff Koziatek, uh, he has been around, he, he's been in the entertainment industry. Um, he's a Vistage speaker. I met him through the Vistage network, but he has a business called Core Authenticity and he teaches you how to do more of what you want, less of what you don't want and grow personally and professionally and grow your business throughout. And today we're talking about how to let go and do more. But before we get to Jeff, I just want to remind you, if you like what you're hearing, hit the like, hit the follow, hit the share button um, on the podcast or on the YouTube channel. We'd love for you to check in with us and get updated as we release new episodes. So without further ado, let's bring Jeff on. Hey, what's up, man? How did I do? Did I get it? I, I think you did great. I felt really good about the whole thing. <laughs> That's awesome. So <laughs> for authenticity, I, I love this topic about uh, letting go to do more um, it, because it's, I know a lot of business owners, what I talk about a lot of time is when your only input is time, when all you can do to grow your business is work longer, work harder, we, yeah. we've, we've hit a breaking point in the business, right? When your only input is time, um, you're, you're going to burn out. You're running out the red line and, and something's got to give. So this concept right. around doing less to get more, um, I know it works because I think we've all done it at, at a point. But when you're in, when you're in the, the thick of it, it's hard to shift your brain and your mind to kind of settle down and, and weed through this stuff. So Absolutely. Kind of, well, and we live in a culture that says well, you work hard and you always have to be working, work, 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 work. You're either growing yourself, you're developing your business. If you're not growing, if you're not developing, then you're, you're falling back. So, I mean, it's, it's ingrained in, in, in what we're swimming in, but I, I really love to know you said, I've experienced this where I'm doing less and I'm getting more done. Like, you know that it works. How yeah. do you know that it works? Well, because I think, well, I, I've done it, right? There have been times where I think, I can only speak for myself, but I have to imagine other people have come to a point in their life where like, okay, something has to change. I have to let yeah. go of something or I need to take a breath and calm down and kind of survey my surroundings and say, what's important, what's not important, uh, what what can I get other people to do? I mean, shit, we do it with, with taking care of the household and the kids, right? It's like, 
Yes. Do I need to take my, my, do I need to be the one to drive my, my daughter or my son to this event? Or can I hire a high school student to do that? Right. Uh, right. And is it more important for me to kind of have some decompression time or drive them all over town? Uh, my joke is after I finish working with key hire, I start my Uber shift every night. Right. And drive people. <laughs> so, yes. It, so it works, but you know, so I think I, a personal professional we've all had to do it at, at a point and i'm kind of interesting to you you know with core authenticity and what you do yeah what are kind of those red flags or those markers you know what is it what happens when you when someone says man i got to call jeff or you step in and say hey i can help you what are those kind of red flags or events or situations people can look at and think, okay, this is one of those situations where I need to let go of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I would say there are four markers that usually pop up. One of the markers is feeling overloaded and stressed out, most likely because um, uh, you've said yes to everything and you've not been able to say not yes. Uh, second marker would be second guessing. If you find yourself uh, doubting your decisions, um, or you're just not fully committed to, to where you're headed, that would be a marker. Another marker would be burnout, uh, where you've lost passion for what you do. Um, you don't get excited to go to work and run your business or to be there with your family. You're like, I, I don't want to go home. I want to stay at work because I, I feel better there. Or I don't want to go to work. I want to stay home because I feel better there. Or I don't want to go to either of them. I want to go... I'm going to go take a cruise and it's just going to be me. Um, So that would be a third marker. And then the fourth one would be some kind of transition. If you find yourself uh, forced into a transition because, uh, because things aren't working either personally or professionally, those four reasons or those four markers are typically uh, indicative of doing way too much and not managing our calendars. So you say forced into a transition. Help me understand that. What would, what might an example of, I, I just want some clarity on that, just in case someone's- On listening. the transition bit? Yeah, like what is forced into a transition? Like what's- what would uh, Forced that? transition. Uh, personally, if if we are if we become a workaholic uh, and then our relationships suffer and we end up uh, getting a divorce or going through a separation okay. Okay. or uh, we- so there's there's serious relationship failure or strain there a failure that would be a transition or a business uh, and, relationship that might have blown apart or something yeah like. uh if you've got high turnover and you know why am i getting high turnover why can't i retain the top talent that i hired oh it's because i am building a culture all around doing as much as you possibly can uh sacrificing yourself at all costs uh, so that would be a forced transition, or maybe you maybe you've been let go. Maybe your business has been taken from you, or it's gone under because you can't maintain the the quality that you're used to delivering. Now these all sound like extremes, right? Like end of the line. Like these are we talked about running out the red line, right? You're right. everyone wants a piece, and you're you're near that melting point or that breaking point. Is that kind of is that usually when people kind of say, okay, something's got to give, I need to make a change <laughs> or is uh, that the rock bottom or people able to self-diagnose before they get to those points? I guess what I'm curious to know is if someone's listening saying that 
feels like me, but it's not there yet. I'm not, I haven't hit that wall. I haven't hit yeah. rock bottom in one of those categories. Yeah. Um, how might someone kind of self-diagnose and say, I need to take action before? Uh, I would say the answer to that question is yes and. I'm a big theater improv guy, so we're going to totally go yes and. Uh, when people hit rock bottom and they're forced to make a decision, either I'm going to stay down here, I'm going to pick myself up and try something different. That's usually when people get motivated, although it doesn't have to be. If you feel yourself feeling overwhelmed and overloaded with stuff, if you start to recognize, if your awareness is high enough where you're aware of that, you recognize that in you, you don't have to write it all the way out to the end. You can make a change now. Uh, if you're second guessing your decisions or if you're doubting or you're making a decision and then hoping for the best, that's, that is not um, a fixed setting. You can change that. You can feel confident about your choices before you make them. And if you're starting to feel burned out and the passion is going down, uh, you can make a choice now. Uh, oftentimes people will wait until it's until the pain is so bad that they have to make a choice or or they see the 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 pleasure as so amazing. Hey, let's make the choice now before we get to that rock bottom. So it's a it's a yes and. People are usually more motivated by fear than joy, right? So it's, it can be. Yeah, but we don't have to. We don't have to just use fear. We, we I know, I know, but it's usually when it's with if it's if it's okay, people. It's usually hard to make a change. Right, right, because it's it's the status quo. We're like, well, it's not that bad. Right. Uh, I'm not. I don't think I need to put in the investment. But I, I have to tell you, as a guy that burned himself out, that was constantly dealing with uh, self doubt, that was feeling very overloaded with a crazy work schedule, and was putting on uh, strain on my marriage that I was not aware of, um, facing this stuff and making the change can have uh, massive, deliver massive ROI. Don't wait. Do it now. Act now. Buy it in three yeah, easy installments or something. I agree. So <laughs> let, let's talk about, so letting go, you know, what, I kind of want to put some definitions around that or, you know, when, when you're yeah. thinking, okay, this, this sounds like me, maybe it's time to kind of consider this stuff. And you're you're wading through all of your responsibilities, personal, professional, uh, relationship, family, all that good stuff. Yeah. So it's a, it's a big, vast topic, right? Right. So when when we talk about okay, we got to let go of some stuff to actually move forward and be more successful. Is there a process, a thought process, or a, a recipe to kind of? weigh what what we need to keep and what we need to delegate or just get rid of let go of you let go yeah <laughs> that's 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 thematic yeah i would say that that recipe is right here in my recipe book no oh, there it's it is. um it's a it's a mindset thing but before i i respond to that i would love to ask you the question why do you think people do so much My, the, the, my first thought was, because we think we need to. Yeah. And why do you think we need to do so much? Not you, the other people. <laughs> yeah. Or me several years ago. 
I think there's an element of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. I think there's yep. an element of, of how you think people are perceiving you. Are you successful? Are you not? Um, where personally, where do you see yourself and where do you think you should be, you know, status wise, earning wise, all that good stuff. Right. There's, yeah. um, you know, I, I remember years ago when I was in the hospitality industry, I, I thought I wanted to be a regional manager for this company. Like I, that's, that's what I wanted. And I, I told everyone that's what I wanted. But one day I looked around at the president of the company and all the regional managers. And I thought, these guys are a bunch of assholes, man. I do not want to spend every day of my work life with these. <laughs> Why people. do I want that? Right. And, and so that was like a big aha for me. I was like, man, if, if I get what I've been telling people I want, I'm going to be miserable. So I, I left the company. I was like, not only do I not want to work with these people, I don't even want to work for them. I don't want to be a part of it. So sometimes yeah. I think it's, it's this, we're driving for something because we think we need to, whether it's the right thing for us or not. I don't know if yeah. I answered your question, but you did. Okay. You totally answered my question. I, I asked you what, what do you think causes people to do a whole lot? And you said, keeping up with the Joneses appearances. And because we think that this is just what we have to do. Okay. If I heard you right. Yes. And it's a good summation, yeah. And that and that that makes a whole lot of sense. The reason I asked that is because uh, growing up, I received two messages. One was find something you love to do and make that your job. Right. And the other one was uh, no one ever said the second message. The first one I got from my parents all the time. And I was like, well, I love theater and art and people. And they're like, go be an actor. They were they were nuts. The other message was unintentional, and that was you are what you do. Your choices define you. Um, you're you're nothing aside from your performance. And so I took both of those messages. I married them together and became a massive workaholic. If I was what I did, I could not take a break. I couldn't take vacations. I couldn't stop because if I stopped, then I would be worth less. And that was a problem. Uh, it led me to a really, um, well, about a 25-year career in entertainment crossing all kinds of social boundaries, meeting a wide variety of people. And over those 5,000 presentations all across the country and in Canada, uh, I realized that everyone that I've met, regardless of their background or where they're at in life, they're all wrestling with the same stuff. What is my worth and where does it come from? And I think most people feel like they are worthless in and of themselves. They don't use the word worthless, but they're they're lacking something. They're they're coming at this from a scarcity mindset, and they're looking to get more to prove themselves in something outside of who they are. And they usually look for it in one of five places. They look for it in their performance, their property, their appearance, their circumstances, or their relationships. If they can get it in what they do then they will be significant and they'll have the status right. you were talking about. Sure. If they get it in their, their appearance, then they're keeping up with the Joneses, whether it's digitally or physically, they're keeping up in relationships, you, you know, all, yeah. all, all of that. Right. Even with the, the, the property bit, my house is bigger than your house. My car sure. is right. Yeah. And when we're doing that, unfortunately it puts us in this place of it's never going to be enough. And whatever we get is going to eventually run out. We have to protect and hoard what we've got. We can't be generous with it. And we have to constantly get more. 
this leads to this culture of always doing, do more, do more, do more, do more. And then we're just stuck in that rat race. But that's a mindset. It's a mindset that says, I'm missing something and I can go get it through my performance, my property, appearance, circumstances, or relationships. The flip to that, the mindset shift is to recognize that, that we have worth, that we have significance that is intrinsic, not tied to any of this other stuff out here. If we're standing on that, if we use that kind of a mindset, and in my coaching, I refer to this as the champion mindset, then we're fully present. We're not reaching. We don't have to keep doing. We can take breaks. We can take care of ourselves so that we can take care of the people that we're leading and serving. It, it, it flips the switch. Now we can say just because we can do something doesn't mean that we should. Uh, you know, We could take a look at what's going on and not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but pick activities and choices that align with our core values, our core vision and mission and what we're all about and say not yes to the things that don't. It's mindset. Mindset is the recipe. So you, you, you bring up a few good things, right? It's like that, um, I think I read somewhere they did a survey and people who make less money are actually, overall, they are more happy people than people that make a lot of money because it's always that, right? Well, if I just could make that next whatever, once I make this much, everything will be good. And then you get yeah. there and you realize, well, I'm making this much money. It's just like in my world, right? When, when uh, people... Um, go out and they accept a new job and then they get a counter offer for a bunch more money. And I always kind of tell them, I'm like, that's great, but there's going to come a time where you realize you're still doing that same shitty job. You're just making more money and money isn't the thing. Like you're still no. going to be unhappy. Like that extra 20 grand a year isn't, isn't going to change the way you feel about what you're doing. Right. right. Um, but then you also talked about the voodoo of changing your mindset. I right? don't remember I said voodoo. I'll call I it think voodoo. that's you, Corey. You know, there's, I know, but there's, there is that, right? Like, well, yeah, that's, you know, we've all tried it. We've watched Tony Robbins or we've done whatever. So this kind of leads into the next question. What mistakes, now that we know, right? It's a, this, instead of outside, out, outside in, it's an inside out kind of approach. What are the mistakes that people might make? They listen to this and they're like, okay, I'm going to do that. This is what's going to be the game changer for me. What are some of the, the landmines or mistakes someone could make if they want to go, if they want to start this journey and, and they don't set themselves up correctly to, to do it successfully? What are some of the landmines they might fall into here? Uh, mistakes before they start the journey or mistakes uh, at the beginning of the journey? Either or. <laughs> well, the, okay, so if before the journey begins, a lot of times we make the mistake that, um, that we're, we can do it by ourselves. So we can pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and we go it alone. Uh, when we go it alone and we don't have mentors, coaches, uh, an outside advisory board that can that can call out our blind spots. Uh, we can take small steps that get us way off course. One degree here, one degree here, one degree here. And the next thing you know, we're way off on the side. We're, we're off our vision and mission. We forgot all about our values. We sacrifice all this stuff and, and we've been either pulled or we've just kind of veered off to the side. Uh, that sets us up. <laughs> that can set us up for doing a whole lot and um, not getting anything done. 
the other thing that we can fall into before we begin the journey is drinking the Kool-Aid that says you are what you do, that your choices define who you are, your, your actions define you. Corey, no, <laughs> it's not it. It's not it. Your, your, your behavior comes from you, but does not define you. And, and so if we're not on this journey and we're not talking with a coach, we're not talking with a mentor, we're not getting that outside perspective to shift the mindset. If we constantly swim in that, we will never stop doing more and we're not going to buy this. Can you reach success uh, with a fixed mindset? Can you reach success with the perspective that I am what I do? Yes. We have seen uh, a small percentage of humanity over the history of time reach success that way and they pay massive price. There are consequences for what I call the challenger mindset. Uh, those are consequences I just don't want to pay. Uh, I don't believe that those are sustainable or healthy in the long run. So we start the journey by flipping the script, adopting the champion growth mindset uh, that we can become more, uh, that we're more than what, we're, what we do. Uh, and then once we're on that journey, there are a few... <laughs> There are a few other mistakes, other potholes that we should watch out for. Uh, one of them is expecting uh, an immediate shift, immediate, immediate results. There are some results that will happen immediate, but this is this is core belief work. And if we can go uh, into to brain stuff for a second, yeah, your brain will connect neurons to create a, an action. And if it works, great. And then the brain wants to get super efficient. So the more frequently you do this action or more frequently you have this thought, the brain's like, ah, I want to make sure that, that the electricity fires from this neuron to this neuron super efficient and super fast. So I'm going to pad that neural pathway. And we're going to make it bigger and bigger and bigger so that the energy flows faster. Like that makes sense, right? Yeah. Right. Another way of thinking about this is connecting one neuron to the next through a dense forest. The first time we connect those neurons, we have to hack through the forest. And right. then we have this little dirt path. And then if we do it again, then maybe we hack some more. Now it's a wider path. Then we do it again. So brain's like, well, let's lay down some gravel. Well, let's, let's pave that. You know what? Right. It's no longer a trail. Now we're going to turn it into a road right. and we're turning it into a superhighway. Right. That's, that's what the brain is doing. And when That's we why make that, new stuff is so hard and creating new habits is so hard. Right, right. Because the old habit is this ultra deluxe super highway that yeah. is super easy to jump onto. And your brain just says, well, let's get on the highways way more more efficient. Let's just jump yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ain't I ain't got time. I ain't got time for this other thing. Yeah. But when you start to create the new pathway, now you're you're starting over again. You're hacking through the forest. You know, you got the dirt path, the rocks, the you know, all of that. So it takes some time. But the great thing about neuroplasticity is that the more you go down a new path, the old path will start to shrink. So the brain's like, we don't have to maintain the highway. Right. We can take some of the lanes off. So as we go down this pathway, it can be easy to forget that we are blazing a new trail and shrinking the old one. And so when we fall back into the old behavior, we might think that the new behavior doesn't work or it's frou-frou or it's really not going to get us where we want to go. And we or give up too or soon. Or it's hard. Or it's hard, right? 
I mean, there's a reason why we don't do the hard because the easy is so, so easy yeah. and it's, and it's worked for so long. Yeah. If you're listening to podcasts, I just use air, air quotes, <laughs> worked, right? And so we hold on to that and keep telling ourselves it'll work eventually. I just have to hit it harder. Right. And Put harder. more time, right? Put more time, work harder and work more hours and work harder and everything will be okay. And that goes back to yeah. when your only input is time, you, you got a problem, right? So, yeah. So what I heard you say is um, you need to build uh, your team. Yes. Advisors, uh, your board, your council, whatever you want to call it uh, to, to help you work through this. Now, how do you utilize these people? So I've, I've said, okay, I, I got a problem. I need to make a change. Uh, I don't, I don't want to make the mistake of like self-implementing here. I want to do this correctly. And so I'm going to build a team. What is this team of uh, um, consultants or whatever we want to call them? You know, how big does it need to be? Can it be one person? Should it be two or three? Is there, is there a recipe to building the right group of people to help you transition? Well, I'm I'm glad you asked, Corey. Let me go back to my recipe book, Blueprint for Value, right yeah. over here on uh, Habit Twenty Six Fellowship. I I outline the four people that you should have on your team or the four positions. I just want to be I just want to be transparent here. I haven't even read your book. What? That's fine. You know, it's you it's were supposed there. to send me a copy to be honest with you, but anyway, well, for another I did. Day. Did I did did the copy not come through? I don't believe it did. Oh my gosh. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll fix that. This because... is how in tune we are though. So the four <laughs> people you need to put on your team. Right, 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 right. Um, I, I know I said people originally, but position is is a better is a better description because you've got mentors, cheerleaders, givers, and connectors. Those right. are the four types of people that you want to surround I noticed, yourself. I noticed there are no takers on the team. No. Okay, good. No, those you want to trade away or just let go or set back down to the minors, right? You want mentors, cheerleaders, givers, and connectors. Uh, the two positions that are that are non-negotiable for growth, especially on this journey, are the cheerleaders and the, the mentors. Okay. You always want at least one of each on your team. Can one person fulfill multiple positions? Yes. And it is ideal if you have at least one in each of those positions, a separate person. Uh, it's okay, and I highly encourage people to have more than one mentor, more than one cheerleader. But if you ever find yourself without a cheerleader or a mentor, if you've got a hole on your team, you should fill that incredibly fast. The, the givers and connectors are very important, but they're not as crucial as the cheerleader and the mentor. The mentor is going to disrupt. The mentor is going to ask questions, challenge. Um, the The mentor is going to have a different set of blind spots than you because they've had a different life experience. Right. So they're able to see your blind spots and call that out in a non-judgmental way. Right. We're not judging the blind spot. Call it out and then empower you to figure out your next step forward. The okay. cheerleader is going to be there to speak into your life, to encourage you, uh, to affirm you, not in a blind way. They're going to be aware of reality, but because they believe in you, the human being, they're going to encourage you when the going gets tough. 
And as you pointed out, it's going to be hard. It's going to get tough. So we need people outside of the voice in our head that will encourage us through those tough times. So we don't give up too soon. The, so, the give, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it sounds like the cheerleader might be a personal relationship, a family member, a spouse or something like that. Or is that, am I off on that? It can. And, and I think a, a spouse or a family member that is a cheerleader is great. And I also think that if you've got a cheerleader that is not connected to the results of your work, of your effort, I think those cheerleaders can be incredibly powerful because you don't immediately dismiss it and say, oh, well, you're just saying that because you're my spouse or you're just saying that because you're my parent. If it's somebody that's totally unconnected, unconnected, disconnected, not connected to what you do, then we're more likely to receive that information as real and legit and less likely to dismiss it. So I'm a small business owner and I'm thinking, okay, I want to build this, this brain trust, this group, this team of four. Do, are any of these people, obviously the coach is an outside entity. I get that. But if, if, can anyone inside the business fulfill any of these other roles? With inside, inside the business, you can have connectors. Uh, so where the cheerleader affirms and, and encourages you, the connector will be an advocate and affirm and encourage you outside. So the connector will, will introduce you to opportunities and people that you didn't know you okay. needed to know. Those so people- you leverage your employees to kind of do that and help you yeah. that part of the journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit, hitting networking meetings, fostering relationships, uh, salespeople, your sales force can also do stuff like that. Okay. Uh, the giver is somebody that's going to equip you with resources uh, that you don't already have. So that might be more of a vendor. Uh, it might be an outside, um, you know, supporter, somebody that, that believes in they and they give without any expectation to receive. So they're not being paid for it. Sometimes it could be a, a vendor that is that is paid for it, um, that is getting paid for it. Uh, typically, uh, if you hire somebody to come on, you know, maybe you're you worked with a, a a 1099 and you're like, no, let's, let's bring him or her in house. Right. And they're going to, they're going to do that all here. So that can be in, in house. I would strongly suggest looking outside the organization for your cheerleaders and your mentors, because okay. those, you want people that are going to give unbiased uh, feedback and response and, and speak honestly into the situation and not feel like they have to hold back or lift you up or say just the right thing so that they don't get fired right. uh, or affect anything over here. Uh, that's why groups like EO and Vistage and YPO um, are, are so important. That's why getting business coaches are so important. Hey, it's Corey. And if you like what you're hearing, give this episode a thumbs up and subscribe or follow to get reminders of new episodes of the Key Hire Small Business Podcast. Anyway, yeah, that answer your question. Yeah, perfectly. Yes. So 
the the last question we always like to ask. So, you know, we're going to get your information up on the screen and we'll we'll get your book up there. But other than reaching out to you and reading your book, what are the kind of the first few steps a business owner could take if they're listening to this and saying, hey, this this resonates with me. This sounds like me. I think I'm on that path. I'm feeling burnt out. I'm time is my only input. We're just working hard to work hard. There's got to be something better. What are the what's the first step? First two, three steps they should take to start this journey. Ooh. The first step is dropping the fixed mindset that says this is the way it is and the way it will always be, or this is the way to success. I have to burn myself out. I have to sacrifice what I want for this other thing that I want. Uh, the the mindset that the way forward to reach success is to stay incredibly busy. We have to stop the glorification of busy. So that's that's the first mindset shift. The second uh, thing I would suggest is look into your circle. Who do you know that's already made the switch? Uh, if somebody's already made the switch, you ask them, what the heck did they do? Who did they talk with? Uh, people that make this switch rarely rarely do it by themselves. We need that outside perspective. So find out who they worked with, who did they talk to and uh, ask for an introduction. Uh, the third thing I would suggest is just because uh, I work well with Ralph doesn't mean I'm going to work well with you. Uh, finding a, an outside mentor or coach that fits with your personality is key because if you don't fit you're not going to be vulnerable. You're not going to talk about the, the things that need to be talked about on a deep root level that will yield the fruit that you want. So can I help you get there? 100%. Do my clients do well? Absolutely. Does that mean that we are the best fit for each other? Not necessarily. Right. So talk with somebody, have an exploratory conversation first before any money is exchanged to find out if you're a good fit. And then if you are, go and allow yourself the time to rewrite those core beliefs so that you reach sustainable success. And if I may, you know, I used to do 350 shows a year while producing 12 video shoots a year while shooting photo sessions for families and fine art for offices uh, around the country and trying to be a good dad and trying to be a good, uh, you know, husband, all of this stuff. And it was incredibly busy. Now I'm doing a whole lot less, maybe 20 keynotes a year. I've got less than 20 coaching clients on purpose. I am doing 20-ish, 20 to 40 performances a year. Most of those are, are a give back. And I've, I'm able to do more of what I want, reach more people through the keynotes, through the podcast, through the book, by doing, by spending less time going out there and doing all that, because I'm grounded in a foundation of intrinsic worth. I know my values. I know my vision and mission. I know who I am as a human being. And because of that, I can say not yes and lock into things that are going to yield so much more ROI and not just keep me busy. And you can do the same thing. Very cool. And uh, my friend, Sasha, Sasha, thanks for chiming in. She says it's all of, it's it's uh, not about sacrifice. It's about choice. Right? Oh, right. I'm 
preach that. Yeah, it's not about I need more time. We're just not managing our activities. Right. And why yeah. are our activities not managed? Because we don't have that that foundation, that champion mindset. That's Man, in your five. This has been this has been a, a great conversation. I've really enjoyed it, uh, and I think there's a ton of value here. So, Jeff, if someone does want to continue the conversation with you, reach out to you, learn more about you, your book, your services, how can we oh, get yeah. in touch with you? Oh, yeah, that. Uh, you can find me. That. Let's see how quick he can get. Whatever you say, he's got to flash it up. So <laughs> I'll say it really slow. Coreauthenticity.com. You go to my website, coreauthenticity.com. You can find out about my book, the podcast, the speaking, the coaching, Show all that stuff. Book. Can we get it on Amazon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Blueprint for Value, 52 Habits to Discover and Strengthen Your Personal Worth. That is available on Amazon as a paperback and ebook. I'll have another book coming out in 24. Um, super excited about that. But yeah, yeah, reach out. We've got a bunch of free stuff on there. And if I'm not a, a good fit for you, I'm happy to make a recommendation because at the end of the day, it's about getting a coach that's going to get you where you want to go. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. I know your time is valuable and you uh, are very selective what you do with it. So I appreciate you spending time with us today. And I and speaking to our listeners. Are you kidding? This is this has been a pleasure. Corey, thank you so much. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just, thanks. Very grateful for the opportunity. It's been our pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We appreciate your support. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you could take a moment to leave us a review. And don't forget to subscribe or follow to stay up to date with all the latest episodes as they're released. Discover how key hires support small business owners with talent planning and acquisition by exploring our YouTube channel or LinkedIn page. For comprehensive information, visit our website at www.keyhire.solutions, where you can also sign up for a complimentary consultation to discuss any talent, experience, or capacity problems that keep you awake at night. Until next time, stop grinding and start growing.